0: Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. I'm the author of Dr. Afra, the audiobook, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. Switch over. Hope we don't have a burnout. Episode 105 Star Wars Redemption. We need your help. On this episode, Obi Wan Kenobi casting news. Hello there. There's a new Utini podcast. Oh, it's beautiful. And the Utini crew talks about redemption when it comes to the movies of Star Wars. Wow. What do you know? And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilersen, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins.
1: Utini. Okay, welcome everyone! Hello! You have found the Living Force! Your one-stop shop for all things Star Wars books from Utini. My name is Eric Eilersen, I am one of your hosts, and joining me tonight to talk all about redemption is the full house of hosts. We have the doctors starting with Dr. Corey Helton! Hello!
2: Hello. Mm. Hello there. Ironically Oh, you said the thing because the thing that
1: happened with that that line. I did.
2: About the thing. Good
3: thing. We're going to talk about that thing later. That's right. Speaking of that thing, uh, for
1: no apparent reason, Dr. Charles Hankel is here. Hey, man.
3: Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, (laughs) My heart's hammering in my chest, and I'm ready to talk about some of this news, but I'm fine.
1: All right. Well, my heart's hammering in my chest as well, but that's only because I'm looking into the dreamy eyes of Wes Jenkins. Hello there. (laughs) I wanted to say it, Corey. Damn it. All right. Too late. (laughs) Well, we said it. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there, everyone. Uh, We are here tonight on the eve of the news about the Obi-Wan show. Yes, we said the word. We'll be talking about some casting news here in just a bit. But first, I wanted to say hello to everyone in the chat joining us tonight. Again, we love... All our folks that join us on YouTube Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Utni YouTube for the Living Force, we're so glad you're all here. Very excited to talk about some good news. But first of all, we want to talk about a little show that we got coming out next week. That's right, next Wednesday, April. He panicked. Sixth, seventh. <laughs> it's Wednesday. It's the, it's the next one. Oh, oh, I should have written it in the outline, but we have a new show coming on the Uteni Network, The Cosmic Force. That's right. Our comics-only show will be coming, and I wanted to get your guys' input real quick because we were all lucky enough this week to watch a, a beta show of The Cosmic Force. They did a little like live show test going over a round table uh, like some other people do on their podcast from time to time, and uh, guys, how fun was that? I mean, we're not going to show clips, so it was kind of lame, but that was fun. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was it was fun we like, we we did a we did a fake live show, so we streamed it privately and only team members went and viewed and they ran like the show just like they would normally run a show. Um, And it was really good. At first try, they were like leaps and bounds ahead of where where we were at. That's for (laughs) sure. It was so much
4: better than what we started with. (laughs) Or what I know. Seriously.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's wild because uh, in our Discord this week, our very own uh, Maggie went back and listened to episode two, or episode one of The Living Force, our Master and Apprentice Roundtable, which I thought we had scrubbed Mm. from the internet. Um,
3: Yeah. Don't do that.
1: I'm glad we got new mics. I'm glad we got new camera angles. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> that is correct. That's correct.
2: It's a lot of fun. That yeah. show is going to be. That show is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be successful, I think. Um, and you know, it's going to be a great opportunity to get into comics for the first time if you've never gotten into comics before. So, uh, I know I'm looking forward to it because I don't keep up with it on a weekly basis, and uh, hearing them kind of crash through all kinds of stuff every single week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm Jack.
1: So check that out again. If you're in our discord as well, uh, go over to you slash discord. It has a channel already that is just hype. It's just a hype channel, which I think is great. People have not seen anything. They don't know anything. They're just excited. And that's what's so cool about our community. We love y'all next Wednesday. Be there. Speaking of that discord community, we have some lovely patrons throughout it. And we got some new patrons this week. We want to say hello. Hello there too. I swear we're going to keep doing it. We have Jordan Smith <laughs> and Mark McGaha. Thank you. Thank you for your patronage. And I hope you're enjoying everything on the verse uh, that we can offer y'all. A reminder that the new Patreon schedule is starting in April with our three-month delay for most of our exclusive shows. And we want to announce our Night at the Opera event that we do sometimes. Uh, Is coming back on May the 4th. Our Inquisitorious patrons and up are going to be able to join us for a watch party. More details to come as far as what that's going to be, what we're going to be watching, how to get involved. Very excited for that. Stay tuned. I don't even know what it's going to be yet. I'm going to be straight with you. I don't know. This was put in the outline by our Patreon Wait, manager.
2: May 4th May fourth is probably, I mean, that's the day that a Bad Batch comes out. It so is. So I imagine we'll do something about Clone Wars yeah. and maybe leading up to Bad Batch. So that might be fun. That would make so, sense. Yeah, let's do it.
1: That would make sense. Yeah. So maybe.
2: Context clues, Eric. <laughs> I like
1: it. Uh, but what would make even more sense? Okay, let's do it. I can't do any more segues. We got to go to the Star Wars Weekly Roundup because, y'all, today I woke up. After not enough sleep, because I played God of War till 1 in the morning. But I then got great news that woke me up. <laughs> the cast for Obi-Wan Kenobi was revealed. Can we put them on the screen right now, please? Look at this gorgeous roundup of actors. Oh, my gosh. It's real, guys. It's real. It's happening. We're getting an Obi-Wan TV show this. with these people.
2: <clears throat> this is a great cast. I'm really excited to, to see this. Let's, let's talk about yeah. this. Really uh, so first yes. guy. What's the first Ewan, thing that stands Ewan, out Ewan, to you guys?
1: Ewan Ewan McGregor. Never he's heard of him. Never
3: heard of him.
2: <laughs> yeah, Trains, spotting <laughs> yeah. and Mulan. Ruiz. Yes, I think he was in oh, that movie. Was. That's a pretty good yes, movie. he was. You know, he's in, yeah, I think we've. I uh, mean, looks kind of familiar. Like I'm not really familiar with his work, but you know,
1: he'll be fine. Up and comer. Ewan Ewan McGregor. That's how you yeah. say? All it, All right? right, guys. Ewan. Let the bit die.
3: Let the bit die. Kill it All if right. you have to. It's Ewan freaking McGregor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Charles, I take it, man. <laughs> what do you
1: think about this? It's your boy.
3: I know it's, it's my guy. <laughs> That's my dude. Um, I, I'll tell you, I pulled this up and I scanned through everybody and my eyes kept going back to you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen, because I mean, I'm really stoked about some of these other people and I'm sure we're going to talk about them, but like seeing just the, the headshots, they're not even actually together, obviously, but seeing their headshots next to each other again, got me, I'm, I kid you not, I had butterflies. Like I'm so yeah, excited for this show, dude.
1: It's been 15 yes. years, you know, like, since Revenge of the Sith. And <clears throat> knowing that they're confirming, you know, Hayden, they're confirming Ewan is incredible. Yeah. And if we can get that picture up again, because I don't have it on my uh, my outline, so I want to read it off of there. They also confirm, uh, we'll hit everyone in a second, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace, who were Owen and Beru Lars. So we're guaranteed to get the Larses. Yes. Which is That's the amazing. original actors coming back mm-hmm. for that. And then a ton of new people here that are yep. super. Yeah, this is
2: the first thing I noticed too. This is an incredibly diverse
1: cast, yep. which
2: is awesome. Seven out of twelve are like, not
1: white people. Hell yes, that is that is amazing. Yeah.
2: Like look at look at how diverse this cast looks. This is going to be sick. Like I'm really yeah. jacked for this. That's, that's- and I'm 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 really with you too, Charles. Seeing Hayden Christensen up there is like, I think that that hits yeah. me pretty hard. Like
1: he's so sad yeah. I mean he's too. just you can tell.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, he's he's was not destroyed by Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it it obviously completely shaped and changed his career mm-hmm. for, you know, maybe the bad in a way. Um, and I'm glad to see he's back. Like, it is, it feels like redemption in a, in a, in a weird Ooh, way. That, look at that. that. Hayden Christensen is got to, is getting to come back to Star yeah. Wars. So I'm really excited. So
1: excited for him. Um, Moses Ingram, our, our newcomer on the top line there, she actually put something on her Instagram that everyone's going wild over. And we want to say here, we don't do a ton of speculation here. We want to be surprised by what happens. Um, don't want to get our expectations up. She did say that she gets to play with lightsabers on her Instagram, which has a lot of people thinking of young Ahsoka. Ooh. You know what? Ooh. Maybe. I Guys, I, I, I wholeheartedly think that everyone other than the four returning original cast members is playing a new character. I I don't think we're gonna get a lot of like, you know, plucking a ton of old characters. What do you guys think?
2: I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, you you think they would create new characters for like lightsaber wielding new characters? I, I like I
1: don't think so. I also wonder if that's tongue and. I mean, she thing. she
2: she could be something. She could be something like an inquisitor. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. Which one?
4: Guess, which one like, of those do you think is gonna be the villain or villains? Oh yeah. Right. The it's definitely be, the, the guy who's... with the
3: mustache. <laughs>
4: I was <laughs> the only like one I
3: Rupert Friend. Was like, that guy looks <laughs> the guy yeah. with the mustache. Come on. Just, <laughs> I tell me so he's not man. in an Imperial uniform in this picture.
1: For sure, dude. <laughs> he could be. I also think that it's really amazing that uh Kumail Nanjiani is in this cuz like for those that haven't been following Kumail for years, he's like started out just like a LA comedy nerd that just had a podcast about video games and now in the same year he's gonna be a Marvel superhero in the Eternals and he's in <clears throat> Star Wars. Uh yeah. incredible stuff. <laughs> Man. By yeah. our boy Camille. Um, I just I really, and of course,
3: I really hope someone's playing Jira. The old lady that tells Anakin there's a storm coming. I hope <laughs>
1: To get how
2: many storms coming are you kidding me she's is, she's is so dead charles what are you talking about she's like 100 years old and in, in uh-uh, the phantom no. minutes look how look how obi-wan aged in like
3: 15 years okay she's probably 37 okay oh my god
1: well i've seen in the chat here so, uh bless you all for dealing with this nonsense uh some you are saying maybe Camilla's kidster and hey you know what maybe that'd be fun uh, but also, one of the um, Indira, who is from Game of Thrones, a lot of people know her um, as the lover of Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones. People are wondering maybe she's a Saj, maybe we get some of that love there. That'd be cool. Um, oh, wow. There's just so many possibilities here. And two things that I really wanted to point out <clears throat> that uh, Ben Safty, who is in the bottom right corner, he's the kind of, honestly, he's just a weird looking white dude. He is the director of Uncut Gems, which came out uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. That Sandler mm-hmm. movie—it's very weird—and it struck me. He's yeah. not like an actor, really. And it struck me like the Warner Herzog casting. We're like, we're gonna get a weird, yeah, auteur white guy, yeah. to play yeah. an off the wall yeah. character.
2: You know, he he looks like he could be a villain. Maybe that's the villain. Oh yeah, like he's got the he's got the sort of psychopath. It's in the eyes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: like like the, like the it's like a he's like a like a. A thriller type villain. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean he looks like a sociopath. That's not what I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that like like he strikes me he has a face of the type of person that wouldn't be like a Darth Vader yeah. villain, but more like a like a thriller type suspense yeah. Type villain. Yeah, something about
4: your face. Yeah. I can't really put this yeah. Like, trying,
2: you look you look you look evil. Like Let me how do I put this? <laughs> yeah.
1: It is oh, there's there's just so many <clears throat> possibilities with this cast alone and this is the Ugh. this is the
2: first time this is the first time since they did the uh the reveal, like when Kathleen Kennedy brought you <laughs> and McGregor out on stage. This is the first time that I've seen that I've been like, holy shit, this is happening. Like Kenobi you know, is happening. It has like,
1: seemed kind of weirdly it's not fake, but like we're waiting for the cancellation it does, in my yeah. head in my heart. I'm like, I don't believe it's so yet. Far,
2: it Because it's so far away. Because it's so far away, I guess, right? Like what's like but now it's not. It's far shooting away, next actually, month.
1: So, it's shooting. Is, the, it, the sets have been feel, built. The property is rented. There is, the no, way. is There's There's no way
2: fly on that wall. There is no way I'm going to be able to watch <laughs> the first episode of this without getting tears yep. in my eyes. There is no way. It's not going to be possible. This is just going to hit. This is going to hit. So
4: yeah. So since The first time home, like, Ewan and Hayden show up on screen together. Dude, or what if they don't? Clone show Clone Wars up on flashback. At all. Put him in
1: the armor. Put him in the Clone you know, Wars armor. <laughs> uh, Hayden Ooh, doesn't play
4: Anakin at all. He just plays another character. <laughs> <laughs> like a background character. He's like, he's like a janitor.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I, it, I'm i so glad they, they put this up. I'm so glad that they, they got all these folks because there's a lot of phenomenal actors in here. Uh, Ice Cube's son is also in this, uh, who's in the bottom mm-hmm. left corner. I think it's Jay Jackson. Yeah, he was wow. straight out of Compton. I, didn't know that. You, I, didn't know that. I feel like you, yeah, you shouldn't Ice choose the
3: offspring of someone named Ice Cube to put on Tatooine, but that's just me.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love a true Frozen Olaf moment, but I am... I'm so excited for this this show. Of course, I'm sure with the coming months there's going to be set photos that leak. We won't be going over leaks or anything on this show, but official StarWars.com news. We 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 can't help ourselves. Um, gosh, Obi wan yeah, Obi wan man, it's a big deal. six episode limited series. It's happening. It's going to be shooting next month. Whoo! Okay. Any last? Sorry, I'm, I'm shaking off the goosebumps on it because now you mentioned Hayden and <laughs> Hayden and Ewan together, and I'm just like, I want the behind the scenes doc like they've been doing on all these. I want to see their first hug. I want to like see like Hayden maskless Vader. Like, I wonder if we're gonna get that. Mm. So I forgot about that. It's only six episodes. Yep, it's an and Any it's series? an event series. They talk, it's not like season one, season two. This is an yeah, event. Yeah. yeah.
4: So maybe the episodes are longer. <clears throat>
1: Maybe the episodes are longer. (laughs) Or, hear me out, 23-minute episode, 17 minutes of credits. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Get
2: out. Get out. All right. I will be so upset. Oh, my God. Well, we'll
1: see what happens with that. Of course, all new updates we will bring your way. Uh, But moving on to a couple other new updates we got. Uh, One businessy update we got that kind of affects, honestly, the Cosmic Force more than us Marvel Comics announced that they will now exclusively be distributed by Penguin Random House. And for those of you that don't think that's maybe the biggest deal in the world, Diamond used to be the company that all comics were published through. And if your comics were bent, they didn't care. If they were late, they didn't care because you had to buy them. Diamond sucks, bro. Diamond sucks (laughs) so hard. I I looked into
2: Diamond a lot back when we were selling book boxes. Mm -hmm. Like I tried really hard to make comics happen. Um, with, book bo- with book boxes, and their business model was absolute trash. Like, I've never felt so confident about just completely crapping on a company so publicly. Like, I hate them. They're awful. Everybody in the comic industry also hates them. So, like, to see Diamond is out and their stupid out-of-date business practice that you have to order comics, like, four months in advance or some crap like that... They're done, bro. They're done. I don't see mm-hmm. how they're possibly gonna stay alive as a business. So we could feasibly see some revolution revolutionary like progress happen in regards to the comics distribution in the future. Yeah. Like
1: Well and Marvel even like, said, or, or Penguin Random House even said, because Penguin Random House obviously <clears throat> the publisher that handles all of the Del Rey uh stuff and shipping and things like that. They uh handle the things like the Dr. Aphra script book, uh right over here that is on sale April 6th. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. They said that they're going to do things like not ship single issue comics alongside graphic novels because that really bends them. And like, because they know that comics yeah. are a thing that people want in pristine condition. They're a collector's item. They're yeah. things that fans value. And PRH really seems like they're taking that to heart. And I really yeah. hope that's true. Yeah. So, I hope so too. Yay, a merger. So the first merger
2: Uh, business acquisition <laughs> yeah. news the comics, on, on the Living The Force. comics industry has. The comics industry has sort of been on the on the brink for a long time, yeah. right? Like for for decades, right? And Diamond has literally been the distributor for like 30 years. It's been outrageous. Yeah. They've been around forever. So I'm excited. Yeah. I, ho- I hope something good happens. Yeah. I want I want monthly delivered comics for a reasonable price in decent condition. I want that. One day. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I want
4: it. From your mouth to your Direct, direct to from
2: That's right. Direct from con- uh,
4: Publisher. That's what it yeah. I want. Yeah, need to make room for that for that acronym. P R H. P R H. Yeah, I'm not in your know mouth. What you're talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, a couple more updates. We got uh with some comics news as well. Uh, there was a new High Republic show, roughly three hours before our recording tonight. I'm really glad it didn't happen on Tuesday because I feel like that happens sometimes. That great news comes out after we stream. But we got a bunch of cool new announcements about The High Republic. There was an interview with Claudia Gray and Daniel Jose Older um, with, of course, the Marvelous Christina Ariel hosting the entire thing. We got some info about Into the Dark. We got some stuff about Buckets of Blood from IDW Adventures. But if we want to throw on the screen right now, we got some really cool art, um, which, of course, if you know us, we love the art of The High Republic. And maybe the coolest thing we got was a look at the protagonist of Out of the Shadows which Sylvester Yarrow, uh, right there looking freaking awesome, who is confirmed the first black lesbian lead of a Star Wars book uh, coming out this summer. She looks awesome. That is a cosplay if yeah, I've ever is.
3: seen it. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great
2: yeah. cosplay, Probably right? Looks, yeah. She, she looks like she could be in like a Star Wars RPG yeah. character. Oh my that god, yes. It like, looks, like, looks like something that somebody wanted to design.
4: I like Yeah,
1: it. she looks great. I know um, a lot of people... Uh, when the when the cover came out, thought that it was um oh uh, uh uh what's her name something Staros who's the who's the young one from A Test of Courage Ava Staros yeah. wasn't it yeah. yeah 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 and she and you know, Ireland's like no it's another black character guys <laughs> um, and this is her uh, they did confirm again that she is going to be going around the galaxy um, uh, dealing with her ex girlfriend as well so w- between Afra and this we're getting a lot more queer women in Star Wars. Freaking awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for that. It's cool. And of course, we got some other art uh, that went up on the show, on the Higher Public Show today. So, this is, what is it? The Bogoranth, which is an upcoming monster from Daniel Jose Older's IDW Adventures. And, y'all, Daniel Jose Older's mind is, it's great. <laughs> and I don't really want to live in it all the time because, man, that's <laughs> terrifying. Oh, my God.
2: This thing is much larger than I realized. I just realized there's a person yeah. on its, sh- on its yeah. head. Yeah, it? it's Holy being crap. whipped.
4: So it doesn't look like it's enjoying it. Oh, yeah, my What's God. up with the mouth? I'm not, I'm not into yeah, this. Yeah, it's like a bog all. monster like mouth
1: a... on horse legs with chicken feet. like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, and it's a camel body. Coming soon to a kids' was, comic. There's a hump in there. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's going to be very fun. Yeah. The High Republic Adventures. Um, and then they also dropped some concept art for Into the Dark. We had our own Affy Hollow. Um, if you missed our two part roundtable and in Into the Dark, that was our previous two episodes. So that's what Affy looks like. If you want to go back and listen to it, uh, they also dropped the art for our very own Jedi Master, Komak Vitus, who like has that nice beard, that long flowing black hair.
3: Looks He's like, like Aragorn or something.
1: Dang. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Didn't even think of that, but you're 100% right. Uh, <laughs> I love Aragorn the Jedi. Which is my new AIM username. <laughs> look me up on there. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Again, we need an Art of the Higher Public book before the end of this. I want all these bound on my shelf uh, that I will just occasionally dust and look at the spine of. That, that's what I do with my art books, I'll be honest about it. <laughs> uh, but did you guys, did this ring true for you, how you thought these characters looked? Because we had a little bit of discourse in we our a,
2: <clears throat> Yeah, we had some discourse earlier about Comac being kind of weird looking, um, like compared to what we looked like in our mind's eye. And Characters never look like they do in my mind's eye, like in, mm-hmm. in when Concept Art comes out. So I'm not really phased by this, uh, but I think they look cool. I mean, it's nice to. I mean, I guess a better question would be: Do you guys, do you guys change your perception of what they look like? Like when you read the Harry Potter books, you pictured them a certain way, and then, Dude, <laughs> then you saw the movies, and now up, you can't picture it any other way. When I
1: first read Sorcerer's Stone, I don't know why I thought of Hermione as like a 2D princess with a pink dress and a pink hat. I don't know why. I, what? Yeah, no, not based in anything. Two D. But that was just <laughs> that's all the way. Yeah, two D. And then I saw Emma Watson, and I'm like, like a, better a paper, a
2: paper <laughs> person. Paper Mario like, rolling like
1: throughout. Like, yeah, like, she turns sideways, and you can't see
2: her because she doesn't exist in that plane. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Kids are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just, you will <don't> forget this. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't. I don't change my perception of what I can't remember what these characters look like when I see their concept art. Either, I, so I I really will change, change it if I me. see
3: something on screen, probably. But yeah, otherwise, mm-hmm. I I told you guys yeah. I I pictured Comac as a black man, a bald black man. So this is a big uh, yeah. deviation from that, and I don't know why. Like it doesn't <laughs> describe funny. in that way, but that's just what I conjured in my head. Dude,
1: I was the same way. I imagined him kind of like what's that guy in The Walking Dead, the the black guy with with the white hair. Um. I forgot what his name was. Oh, uh Ezekiel. The king. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah. that's what I imagined—like this big, like strong black <laughs> man with like this long white beard. And now I'm like, all right, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> now it's but big again, old. I mean, yeah. I, just, I, you, I pictured you know, more you know, gray. Actually, yeah.
2: <laughs> actually, now that now that you mention it, he actually does kind of look like how I pictured him in my mind's eye. I think, like, I think I pictured him with dark long yep, hair yep, at least. Yep. Like, I don't know about the beard, but like. I don't know, he does kind of look, I was picturing that a a young Qui-Gon-like character Mm. in my mind, right? So this kind of fits that picture a little bit. So So the
4: the second that I mm. see what those characters look like, I will automatically refer back to what they look like. But not mm-hmm. how you pronounce their names. They always go yeah. Yeah.
1: the way I figured out yeah. how they pronounce their name is what their name is. Go to the audio book. Right. Yeah, that, that's it, especially in your in your head because you're like saying the word like 300 times in your head, and it's really hard to change that habit. I completely yeah. agree. Speaking
3: of Harry yeah. Potter, I said Hermione <laughs> until the movie came out instead of Hermione. That is hilarious, dude! Great, I said
1: Boba Fett for years. <laughs>
3: Bob A. Fett. We all have our sins. That's just wrong, but all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But aside from the art we already knew about, we got one other freaking incredible announcement in this High Republic show, which was a new cover of something, Tempest Runner, the first audio drama from the High Republic written by Kevin Scott. Mm. Y'all, I screamed in my living room.
4: Love that cover. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best yeah. cover ever. <laughs> Love it.
2: I am so jacked that audio dramas yes. were successful. Yes okay like thank you thank you thank you an entire new medium in star okay. wars and like when we talked to kevin scott the first time we interviewed him we asked him all about what do you hope happens with this do you, do you think this means audio dramas are back like are you into audio dramas and he has all this experience with working on them and stuff and like he was all about like yes i hope this catches on and a really fun project and like I love these projects yeah. like Dooku Jedi lost really stands out in my mind as being such a unique project. And I find myself referencing that and recommending it to people mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. like, yeah. because it's just so, it's so cool and unique and uns- like it doesn't feel so scripted the way an audiobook does. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all about it, man. All yeah. about it.
1: And if we want to show the next picture, this much like Afra and Dooku, we'll be focusing on a singular character and the character here is none other than Lorna D, the freaking mm. badass masked Nile Twilek Tempest Runner. Like okay.
2: The helmet is enormous.
1: <laughs> a, it is honestly, when I read that this was happening, I'm like, oh my god, it's the chapter from the book that Corey loves but as an entire audio <laughs> drama.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I hope there's so much drugs, so much pirate yes. drugs, please. <laughs> she looks really badass. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. Like, like I mean her her body and and, and headtails and stuff. Kind of like picture what what I thought she was going to mm-hmm. look like. But the the helmet the helmet of all the characters we've seen, uh, in in High Republic reveals never looked like yeah. I pictured No, like, I don't know why. Steampunk. Like the helmets. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is very steampunk, and for some reason, I pictured I picture like a I don't know like a weird like Freddy Krueger type of hockey mask type of thing on all these people for some reason. Like when I'm seeing, oh them. Like, man, it's not like a or Jay, yeah, it's not Kruger. Kruger. Jason. Jason wears a hockey I got, mask. Freddy, Freddy yeah. Krueger wears a pool hat. I'm getting my I'm man. getting my killers mixed up, bro. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is freaking sick, and I love that for the first audio drama they're picking. There's not a Jedi, it's not a smuggler, it's a freaking Nihil war leader that actually got like yeah. really like bamboozled in light of the Jedi. Like Markian e. mm. Rowe totally tricked her. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I love finding out where we're gonna go from there. Again, these audio yeah. dramas. I hope it's
2: a. I love villain stories. I love villain mm-hmm. stories. I hope it goes. I hope it like. I hope it is the story of why she joined the Nihil. Mm-hmm. Like, like. Like, so you, I want to sympathize with the Nihil, right? I want to, I want to, I want, I want to question all of those motives and everything. I love doing that. Like, like drawing the lines between good and evil is is really fun in books, I think. So, I'm excited for this. This is going to be awesome.
1: Jared mentioned in the chat, it's interesting that they call this an audiobook rather than an audio drama. And I did, and I I agree. And I think, though, the after thing was called an audiobook original, uh, a Star Wars audiobook Mm. original. So, that just might be like the terminology we're using. I know audio drama seems to tend to be more. Um, the British use that a lot, so I wonder if that's just yeah, that's true. The phrasing, but
2: did they call Dooku Jedi? Lost that? I don't remember.
1: I thought, I or, I Jedi thought, Jedi thought that was an called audio an audio
2: drama. drama. Mm, they, I think it was. Maybe they decided they wanted to use a different yeah. term. Well, yeah, cause because they weren't. They Dooku weren't in too was deep. also
1: more narrator, multi-character. Like Afro was more like more of yeah. a singular voice. So I'm assuming that's what we'll get more with this. Uh, no other info yeah. on release date except for it's this year. So another mm-hmm. High Republic thing yeah. <laughs> coming out. Twenty twenty one. Another
3: roundtable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right, buddy. Uh, but, of course, we will keep you up to date on this and all other stuff. But for now, you have plenty of stuff you can order and read, including, as we said earlier, the Dr. Afra script book of the audiobook original that's coming out on April 6th, and Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good, which is coming to us on April 27th. The new release page on Utini has you all set there. But and aside from books for just a quick second, we have one more reveal that would – would be on the cosmic force if it was on this week but it's not it's on next Wednesday April 7th this is the cover to high republic number seven and it's interesting for one very specific reason uh, guys what what is that why is that cover interesting
2: got some lightsabers bro. yeah
1: but it's a red lightsaber uh, it's but, a red but, one, but, yeah but, but but there's no seth in the high but but, but 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 I don't know either I don't know but I'm is excited orange is it red orange <laughs> You know, it's a gray Jedi, Wes. Looks pretty, looks, looks pretty <laughs> red <laughs> to me, bro. Yeah, that's a straight-up red lightsaber. I, <laughs> yeah, it is.
2: It certainly is. Dude,
1: I want to see some lightsaber fights in the in the higher Republic. Like, did, did someone bleed but a they're crystal? So rare. What's going
2: on? They're so rare, bro. They never happen. Lightsaber fights never happen. Why do we need to train lightsabers? We're never going to use these to fight each other.
1: It's <laughs> oh, my favorite trope. Why would I ever use this? Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! That's what every exactly. every lightsaber
2: fight is. Exactly.
1: But yeah, very excited. Okay,
2: this just this this just brought back a crazy memory. Do you guys ever remember those old uh, fake lightsaber duels they would do on YouTube, like back in the early days? Oh, of yeah. people were doing that. Hundred
1: percent. There
2: was that there is that one. I can't even remember what it was called. but was, I've watched watched it a hundred times. There was this one video where they like they get like an Amazon package on their porch uh-huh. and they open it up and they don't know what it is and it's lightsabers <laughs> and. Like they're like out in public, just like cutting stuff up and stuff, and then they like run into each other, and they have this epic battle on a on a tennis court or something like that, and it's it's hilarious. I love that video. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I I'll have to find it. And see, this is was like fifteen years ago. I don't know why this memory just suddenly rushed to my brain. It's a vision.
1: It's a oh, force man. vision that you're it's having. It's a vision.
2: A force vision.
1: Well, yeah. maybe we'll see if Keith Trennis uh, has a lightsaber battle on a tennis court in the High Republic. But you're gonna have to read High Republic number seven to find out. And. It's also fascinating because Kevin Scott wrote High Republic number 7. He also wrote Tempest Round* of the audio drama. And he also wrote a full book, The Rising Storm, that's coming out. And I just want to say, Kevin, if you're listening, uh, props to you, man, for not saying a word about any of this when we interviewed you. And we're like, oh, yeah, you're Rising Storm. You're one big project coming. Yeah. And he's like, yep. <sighs> Yep, that's yeah, it. Yeah, he's super that's professional. It. Super professional. I thought <laughs> we were the best of friends, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought you were tired enough to give it out, man. But <laughs> we... Uh, oh, and the... Oh, my gosh. And as Binasti says, and the graphic novel that's coming out later this year, The uh, uh, Monster of Temple Peak.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Dude, right. Go to that's bed. Right. Another another exciting project.
1: <laughs> <Kevin>. <laughs> Sleep,
2: bro. No wonder he looks so tired when we talked to him. Like, he was. He's exhausted. <laughs> He's been cranking out projects like a madman this uh, year.
1: Gosh. Well, we are clearly going to have plenty of High Republic going on. Go check out the High Republic show. Uh, and as a side note not to dwell on it too much, the horrible people of Star Wars YouTube are always on those videos downvoting into oblivion and putting stupid quotes in the comments just to, like, screw with the analytics. If you have a second and you do enjoy that stuff, Throw them a like, give a good comment so that the people making this stuff don't just get bugged down because that's stupid. Anyway, enough oxygen on them. Charles, we have book reviews. People read books.
3: People did (laughs) read books.
1: People read. (laughs) Hey, good good on y'all.
3: So many books. And the first person that read a book this week was Javier V, who read Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry, and he gave it five stars. And he said, This book was the first one I read when I entered the world of Star Wars novels. My expectations were high, as I'd played the video game in my childhood, and to my surprise, they were fulfilled. I felt like watching a Star Wars movie that never was, and I connected with my childhood. From that moment, I began to buy all the books in the series that I could. The plot is interesting, the classic and new characters are very well built, and the atmosphere that is created is unmatched. I highly recommend that those who want to start venturing into the world of Star Wars books start with this wonderful novel. Wow! So high praise from Javier for Shadows of the Empire, and it is one of those really cool books, right? Because there is a video game, there is a soundtrack, there is a book. Like it was, it was maybe the predecessor to some of the multimedia stuff that that we are seeing today. So Shadows of the Empire totally is yeah.
1: hugely important. And fun fact: is. one of the only Legends books our very own Jared of Legends Look Back has not read.
3: Ah,
1: uh, shots fired! Yeah.
3: Um, (laughs) I can't
1: believe it.
4: I didn't
3: know that. Oh,
1: hold on. Breaking news. Well, we may have said this before. In the comments, Jared does say, we're doing Shadows of the Empire this summer as a collaboration between Legends Look Back and the Cosmic Force.
3: Nice. So, Javier, you got good timing, buddy. (laughs) Perfect. All right, Wes,
4: take us away with Ian. All righty. So, Ian read Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray and gave it five stars. What can I say? Wow. Just wow. The way Claudia Gray gets you inside Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's head gives us a never-before-seen look at how that bond was formed between the two Jedi. I was left shell-shocked when I finished that last page. I was sad knowing that I had finished this novel. This is a must-read for Star Wars fans. And I cannot agree more. That is an incredible book, and we uh, actually... Put on the YouTube description to um, go and, and see the uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi collection, and that's part of it.
1: Oh, look at it that. It's <laughs> <deep. laughs> Love it. Yeah, that book's great. It deserves way better than the round table we gave it. Straight that's, up. That's accurate. Love it. Was that our
3: first one? <laughs> Quality I think it was, was our first <laughs> one. It, ever, was. Right? it was. Or the first one we recorded. One. There are some yeah. in the dark parts of YouTube that will never be found again.
1: <laughs> but. <laughs> um, all right yeah so uh master and apprentice you guys uh what do you what do you think did you enjoy the book or uh it's
3: pretty good it's pretty good okay <laughs> to the pits all right cory can you finish this up by reading jackson jay's review
2: yes uh jackson jay reviewed lost stars by claudia gray and he only gave this book three stars which is the lowest I score, I think anyone's ever given lost stars on on our site, um, and I'm I'm very interested to let you guys hear this because I want to talk about it. I prioritized my reading of this book because of the glowing reviews in Utini. Although I did enjoy the nostalgic act, the nostalgic aspects of uh following the stories that we all know from the original trilogy. The plot line that this book covers did not do it for me. Due to the excellent reviews of this book and other novels by Claudia Gray, I preemptively purchased a couple more by the same author, but now I'm not too enthas- enthusiastic about reading the others. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I let's talk about this. What what do you guys what do you guys think? Because we uh this does raise some interesting mm-hmm. questions. Uh for example l let's address the first obvious one is is it okay to dislike Lost 100%, Stars? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yes. Now you're saying
4: that's fine. <laughs>
2: obvious, <laughs> obvious answer from yeah. us, right? If you if you if you thought we were gonna say anything besides that, then you have not been paying Next attention. Question. Because yeah, you don't everybody doesn't have to like the same stuff, right? right? In fact, there's a number of people that don't like Lost mm-hmm. Stars, right? It has a certain young adult vibe. If you like more serious, dark stuff, then maybe it's not for you. Nothing wrong with that. Um, one of the reasons that we, you know, the biggest reasons that we offer it as uh, kind of the first getting started book is because it has so much connective tissue to other stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you've never read any other Star Wars books before, then it might be a good one to get started. That doesn't mean that you're going to mm-hmm. love it the first try.
1: But also, we I wanted to pick this one because the last sentence of the review mentions, I think, a problem that a lot of people have when reading some Star Wars <laughs> books that says, I bought a lot of books by this author, and now I'm not too stoked about reading them. So maybe you finish a book... And you haven't bought the books by the author yet, and now you don't know if you want to. And I want to say one of the coolest things about Star Wars books, I think we can all agree on, is that every author definitely has a style, but authors write so many different types of books. Like, Claudia Gray, hilariously, I think is the best example of this. Because you put Master and Apprentice, a, like, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, buddy cop thing about the Force, to Bloodline, which is a political thriller starring Leia, (laughs) to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is a coming-of-age adventure story. Like, it's it's really cool to kind of say, "Hey, I don't necessarily love this book, but what other types of stuff have they written?" Now, if you don't like war stuff, maybe none of Alexander Freed's stuff is for you. You know, but that's right. Have you guys had that before, where you finished a book by a Star Wars novel and or novelist, and you've been a little hesitant? And if so, what? How did you? How'd you get over it? What did you read instead?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the most obvious answer to that question is one that we've all experienced on this show: is our our feelings about the the new Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Not the chaos, not not the uh, what's the ascendancy mm-hmm. trilogy, but the the first canon. Uh, trilogy, you guys know I love the first Thrawn book, mm-hmm. but I felt really mad about the second, the second two books mm-hmm. in that series. Uh, Master, uh, Master no, Ma- no, it wasn't Master Apprentice. What am I trying to say? The uh, what was the third one called? Treason. Uh, treason. Treason. Alli- and treason. Treason. Yeah. Tre- treason. Treason. Yeah, I would go as far to say as I disliked alliances, mm-hmm. right? Like, which is that sounds like blasphemy about an author like Timothy Zahn, right? But mm-hmm. I think we all felt a little mad about that mm-hmm. book. And then so, you ended
3: up, I mean, you ended you know, up giving guess, uh, the first. New new Thrawn trilogy book. What? Yeah. A ten out of ten, didn't you? I mean yeah, it's perfect 10. A 10. same perfect. author, even, did, even yeah, the same so. character. Like I mean, it's it, it was so yeah, much yeah. of the same stuff and it was a totally different experience for you.
2: Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. If if you if you have never um if you dislike Lost Stars, that is definitely not a reason to totally shut out Claudia Gray. I think all I think she is an excellent example of an author whose works they do really vary between between books. Like, I I don't, like, you almost can't predict what her books are going to be like because, (laughs) like, she does really good character studies, but outside of that, her plot lines are, like, they're all over Mm -hmm. the place and it's awesome. She's a very diverse author. Yeah,
1: so, uh, definitely. uh, So, thank you. Thank you all for your reviews. And, again, if you're reading books that you liked or books that you're a little unsure about, go over to Utini. Find your book profile, scroll down to the bottom, leave that star rating in a review, and we may read it on the show just like that. Thank you all very much. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> last week, we had a little chat amongst ourselves here saying, you know what? We have a, a lot of year coming up. We're going to have a lot of shows. What are some things we want to talk about? Because uh, sometimes we plan the show early. Sometimes I have to pick a topic on a Friday for a Monday. And, you know, we were like, you know what, all the the podcasts on our network are doing much better than us in the planning department. So we came up with a giant list. And one of those that was on the list that I thought was really interesting was redemption. Because, as we have said somewhat inorganically throughout this show, redemption is a key part of Star Wars. Characters get redeemed um, more often than not. We love the arcs of them. And we wanted to talk tonight about some things that have been redeemed in our eyes. And what we're going to do, we're going to play, kind of, stupid game i'm sneaking it in it's not a full eric stupid game but it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely close um we're gonna go around and talk about our favorite movies books and characters that have been redeemed in our eyes but before we do that i want to ask you guys just to start what are some things in your life that have redeemed things for you whether it be have are you a rewatcher that redeems things do you does sharing things with other people like our round tables for instance does that redeem stuff in your eyes like how does that happen
2: yeah, totally. Uh, I'm I'm easily influenced by other people's opinions. It's one of the reasons I try to surround myself with positivity in regards to Star Wars cuz like, you know, I, I was I let I let uh I let, I let the public ruin my uh experience of the Living Force. I mean, the Living Force. <laughs> wow! The Living Force. The Force so. okay. Awakens.
1: I read all those reviews and saw all those tweets and I'm like, "Those guys suck.
2: <laughs> A bunch of a holes. No, the force the force awakens. The force awakens. I let I let people ruin the Force Awakens for me for a long time. And uh, you know, so yeah, I think it's just other people's opinions that really rubs off on me
3: pretty negatively.
1: Yeah. Alright. Well, that's the bad part of it. Well,
3: I think yeah. another thing about that is we change as people throughout our lives as well, right? And so just because you mm-hmm. didn't enjoy something at one point in your life does not mean that that's a life sentence like for you, you know, there, right. There are a lot of people who, uh, have come around on certain things. I mean, we're going to talk about a ton of them, things that we've done, but you know, there's stuff I didn't enjoy as a kid that now I love or, or vice versa, you know, and and it's just, we're all different people throughout our lives and it just matters. You know, how do you feel about it right now? And if you can find joy in something, regardless of when it is, find it. Yeah. Totally.
1: 100%. So Let's uh let's start out with the, with the softball, right? There are... I had to think about it. There are 11 Star Wars movies. That that shouldn't be a hard thing for me to think about as a Star Wars host. There are 11 main Star Wars movies, 12 if you count the Clone Wars. And we're <laughs> going to go around, guys, and I just want to hear what movie uh, has been redeemed the most in your eyes throughout your life. Now, we'll try not to double up. So if someone before you in the Order says yours, you've got to come up with another one. Because mm. uh, I'm sure we'll have multiple multiple thoughts. But Wes, let's start with you, man. What is... The Star Wars movie that has been redeemed the most for you in your life?
4: Rogue One. I hated that movie when oh, I first saw it. I just wanted whoa. to see
1: Corey's face. What? I'm kidding. Yes! I'm kidding. I just wanted to okay, see Corey's what? face.
3: <laughs> Corey was oh legitimately insulted.
1: West. Wow, Wes You know what that was? Nice.
4: deception Deception! okay so this might this might be one of (laughs) y'all's screw you west your head was down and i saw you go (laughs) (laughs) so um the movie that that i didn't i guess i disliked when i first saw was the last jedi okay so Hmm. Um, the second that I saw Luke toss a lightsaber over his shoulder, I was like, oh, that's gonna, I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna do it for me right in the beginning of the movie, and I'm not gonna like everything that happens throughout. Um, but as I've watched it over and over again, and as I've seen the, I guess, the character story from The Force Awakens, well, pretty much, I guess, through episode one, all the way through, um, The Rise of Skywalker, especially The Rise of Skywalker, I can see, um, how the Dyad or um, Snoke or Palpatine bridging Ray and Kylo's minds, how that they're first putting that into, um, into play. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's stuff that was super interesting, how that they first put those steps in to tell everybody that they needed both of uh, both Ray and Kylo to defeat the, the villain or mm-hmm. bad guy or Snoke, Palpatine, whichever. Right. Um, And the, when I keep when I keep rewatching it, I keep understanding the chase. You now everybody had a mm. problem with the chase and how how come the starter story doesn't doesn't go into light speed and like gets ahead of him and shoots him down or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand it more and more every time I see it, and then I just love to see the hold up maneuver. The hold up maneuver wow. is mm-hmm. every time that such a great yeah. moment in theaters. Yeah. Like I understand why so many people
2: disliked it because it it like. They, <sighs> It's 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 one of those one of those sciency things that it's really easy to critique in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the four of us know that like you know you can't question it because yeah. it's Star it's, Wars, it's, right? It's but Space like, Wizards. It, yes, right. Yeah. But it was easy to critique from the public standpoint. But like that scene in in the theaters, yeah. man, was so yeah. sick. I loved hey, it so. The, sick. the
4: the casual fan that goes to see a Star Wars movie, maybe not an opening night, but just sees it and has, has is opinionated can. I mean that can ruin it for a lot yeah. of people, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah seeing totally. it over and over again, and then seeing it as it ties into the story, it 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 redeemed itself in my mind. Um, probably on like the third or fourth viewing, and then yeah. I've probably seen it like twenty times. But right, um, yeah, that's awesome. the one for me. Sorry if I took it off your list.
1: No, that's great, man. So that, we got Last Jedi. It's a great one. I know a lot of people uh, in our community have talked about that too in Discord. I see that one pop a lot, up a lot. Like people that were on Twitter maybe and got sucked into the critiques or the just the anger around it and then left that pool like you were saying cory like left that for a little bit and found some more people that yeah. were just either positive or neutral and let themselves have new opinions mm-hmm. so very cool i'm glad that got to happen mm-hmm. i was gonna be mm-hmm. mushy this episode i'm gonna get very happy <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, cory how about it you dude? yeah
2: yeah i can totally do this it is funny that you wrote this up um like this this kind of uh this, this wasn't really intentionally planned but this week in discord um Maggie called called me out for like something about uh what was one of the episodes oh, you, it was like episode 2 uh, yeah, or something said never... I said I was never I was never going to give a book a perfect yeah. 10 right and like I have done that at least twice mm-hmm. um I gave the Thrawn book and the uh and the um light of the jedi right. a yep. perfect 10 and and like yeah like as you say your opinions can and should change, right? So, yeah. like, it's, it's funny that that happened in Discord this week with, with me specifically. And I think that's what wisdom is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's as you get Learning, older, like, you you're wrong. able to yeah. wreck it. Yes, and yes. You, and, yeah, you get yeah. laser eye
4: surgery, you need glasses, <laughs> a beard, everything. That's right. <laughs> that's the whole thing, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think, uh, you know, just in general, sorry to get off this tangent, I'll answer your question in a second. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, like, exposing yourself to a lot of knowledge, like, can help you change your opinion. I think... Charles can back this up. Medical school was incredibly humbling for me because, like, the more you know, the more you don't know, and that's mm. so obvious. Mm. Like, I, I I know, you know, a thousand percent more than the average person about the human body, but, like, I feel like I know, like, a drop in the bucket of the knowledge that, that there is to know about the human body, mm-hmm. and it's crazy, man. So, like, you know, the Dunning-Kruger effect says that you learn a little bit of knowledge, and you have an incredible confidence about it, and that's so dangerous. So I think mm. I think questioning your opinions about stuff is wisdom, and something you only get when you're older. Which this answers to answer your question. My my movie is The Phantom Menace. Ooh, that, that's nice. my. Uh, in fact, like before, I shaped my own opinion now about having about being really positive about Star Wars stuff and surrounding yourself with joy. I actually was kind of a, a douchebag about The Phantom Menace. I'll freely admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hated that film. I really disliked it. Uh, I, I think I liked it as a kid. Uh, I don't quite have the nostalgia associated with it that you guys have, mm-hmm. um, but I, I definitely liked it as a kid and watched it as a kid. But I I really grew up, somehow was influenced by that The Phantom Menace sucks, the prequel sucks kind of talk, and it wasn't really until the Revenge of the Sith came out that I changed my mind about those types of things. Um, but I used to quote the uh, Red Letter Media video about the Phantom Menace. Have you ever watched that before? I used to quote that to people about oh, why it's such a shitty film. And now that I'm older, like I recognize, you can do that with any film. Oh, like you yeah. can you can critique yeah. anything with legitimate sounding criticism, yep. right? Um, and I've since really learned to enjoy the Phantom Menace. Like there's a lot to appreciate about that origin story about. Like, you know how the High Republic is this era that's, like, really far off and, like, it has nothing to do with the Jedi, and it seems stupid because there's dealing with stuff that the movies are not about at all, and taxation, and the Trade Federation, but, like, now it's kind of cool for me to see that because that was the galaxy at the yeah, time. Yeah, right. It was the state of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. The Jedi did boring, menial shit that nobody wanted to do, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, taxation, right? So, like, it's easy to criticize the crawl and be like, taxation? What is that? That doesn't sound like Star Wars. We're like, yeah, it's it doesn't time. sound like Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, it's peacetime. So there's a lot to appreciate about that. Um, watching it as an adult, I cannot believe how well the Padre scene has aged. Yeah. Holy smokes. That scene is phenomenally made. Some of the CGI is a little off. I don't hate Jar Jar anymore. I think he's a fun character. Um, I think the Clone Wars probably changed that mm-hmm. for me. So it's definitely The Phantom Menace for me. In fact, my, my opinion has really dramatically changed about The Phantom Menace. I used to really despise it. Now I, it's, it's up there for me. I really enjoy watching that That's film. That's
1: awesome. I was going to say, real quick, before I head over to, to Charles, I want to look at the chat here. A ton of awesome chats going on, including uh, Andrew and Be Nasty gave us some super chats. Thank you all. That's very nice of you. Uh, but there's some great talk about a lot of Last Jedi's as well. A lot of folks uh, like us that saw it in theaters weren't as thrilled. Um, but now uh, some people say it's their second favorite now. Uh, wow. Saying that it uh, has some cool theater stories about the employees warning about the silence and things like that, which is fun. Uh, Oh, dang. And speaking of the Senate and things like that, Podcast of the Will says that they want an Aaron Sorkin-written series about the Imperial Senate and take all the money I have now and will ever make yeah. and make that show. Absolutely Please. agree. Uh, Charles, what about you? I'm going to I'm gonna put myself in trouble here and let you take another one. Okay. <laughs> hope that might have stolen the board. So
3: my answer for this is actually going to be Attack of the Clones. And I'm going to hit you with the brick, but go it ahead. It was yours. <laughs> I have I have other answers. Uh but No, no, no. no go, go, go. To be clear, I I I've never hated any Star Wars movie uh from, you know, episode 1 through episode 9. I've always found at least something to enjoy in them. And weirdly enough as a kid, I loved Attack of the Clones. And it wasn't until I was older yeah. that I grew to really dislike a lot of things about this film. Um and in that way, I think it's the movie I probably gained the most appreciation for out of any of them. Because, like I said, I really loved it when I was a kid because it was awesome, right? There was more lightsabers than we've ever seen in in a scene before. So there was pretty yeah. much that that I was just holding on to as a kid was all the action. And then as I got older, mm. I heard the phrase Attack of the Clones. And immediately, I Hate Sand would jump to mind. And it was just it was all right. the stilted <laughs> dialogue, which is... Which is not wrong. I mean, like, some of the dialogue in the movie is tough to get through, but it's not a reason to, to hate yeah. the film, right? Because, you know, yeah, right. in actuality, there is so much good in that movie from the high-speed chase and going to the Outlander Club to find Sam Wessel. Um, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan versus Jango Fett in the rain. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah. The so entire cool. Geonosis arena. Yeah. Yoda versus Dooku. Like, there are so many moments in that movie despite it still being my least favorite of the prequels there are so many moments in that movie alone that are some of the best of star wars and that's the really cool thing about any of these movies is just like as much about any of the star wars films as you want there are shining moments in there somewhere that really are head and shoulders you know at, at the front of the experience of what it is to be a star wars fan and you know the prequels; they get a ton of hate just in general, and uh, Attack of the Clones as well, related to the dialogue or the political uh, the political aspects or or whatever. But at the end of the day, man, these are elite stories. Like this is modern day yeah. mythology to a T. Like nothing else. Obviously, we're we're all biased here, but like Star Wars is is top tier storytelling. Like we forget because it, it just really happened is. to happen during our lifetime more or less but like these are some of the greatest stories told like in human history i i don't care like yeah. I, that's how i yeah, feel man. about it i mean really
2: no i think it's i think it's true i think i think you could take it and place it in any point in human history and if you had a level if you place some version of this at any point in human history i think everyone would agree that it's that it's really good storytelling yeah. like it just it touches the human condition yeah. it really does
1: and like i want to I just want to hit a little bit of the Attack of the Clones, too, because that was absolutely going to be mine as well. Uh, mostly, I'm going to attribute to, to Clone Wars straight up, the the retroactive framing mm-hmm. of yeah. the conflict through that show. Uh, now I watch, honestly, mainly it's Anakin and Padme's relationship, in yeah. that movie is the cringe mm-hmm. stuff a little bit with the dialogue and stuff. But now I can put their love that I see in the Clone Wars and stuff onto that movie, and I actually really get excited for the Naboo stuff. I really get stoked about that as well. Which is a gift that, like, the EU has given me, that, that Clone Wars has given me, yeah. things like that. Um, and I, Before I give mine, I wanted to uh, point out something that I believe our friend Brian from Pink Milk who's in the chat point out. That said that he's really trying to, like, rise a Skywalker. That um, says I don't hate it, and it gave me one of my favorite Star Wars moments, but it just doesn't do it for me. And I think that that is also a point in this redemption arc as well. Like, I think there are certain Star Wars properties that take time that may never get to the elite status of others. But I think that that's fine, too. That's stuff that, like, my my personally, I thought about putting Rise of Skywalker as mine. But I'm still in my journey of redemption on it. I'm excited to finish it. But there's stuff that each time it gets a little better. Watching my mom, like, watching it with my mom and watching her get excited made it better. And each thing a little bit like that, a little bit like that. And, oh, man... Uh super chat from Steven Smith just came in. Uh, said, such a great stream. Thanks for keeping Star Wars positive. Thank you, man. We're yeah, doing man. our best. Thanks. Um <clears throat> and on that note, I'm gonna give mine, which it sounds like a bit, it is not. It is actually Rogue One. And he, but here oh no, 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 but here's the reason. It didn't start bottom tier. <laughs> when I got out of Rogue One for the first time, I I I walked out and I was like, okay, that was like a B. I was like contented, but I wasn't like over the moon. And when I tell you every watch since, it has just climbed and climbed and climbed. That's right. It's it, it right. like it's great. <laughs> Mute Corey. Because I'm, Corey I'm like, would way, kick me out of the way. company. <laughs> um, but And and the thing is, too, like this isn't one where I could point to certain things I didn't love or point to things that didn't do it for me. It just, for some reason, it just didn't click as hard. And I don't know why. Yeah. And now every time I watch it, it climbs. And then I read *Rebel Rising*, and I learn more about Jin, who I maybe didn't love as much. And then I I hear Beth Revis's inner monologue as I watch the film, and it climbs again. Like, the outers. I read *Catalyst*, and now I care about Galen Erso and Krennic's friendship. Yeah. Like, that movie, based on the material around it, has been infused with such greatness that now I can watch it as as seriously the cinematic masterpiece it totally is. Um. Yeah, and I want to call out uh, one thing that I think a lot of friends that I have have thought about, which is Cheryl's, which is solo. Uh, solo had the worst marketing campaign coming out less than six months after Rise of Skywalker. It was uh, or no terrible. Last Jedi yeah. possible, and it just got sucked mm-hmm. up. But man, that thing since it hit streaming and like has yeah. just had a renaissance. And I'm it's a great film. It's, it's so really fun. A great it's good. film.
2: I, I felt I felt that was going to be my second choice was Solo because that's kind of a, like, I, I felt a little, I walked out of it feeling like a lot of the critics said that's it's a really good summer action movie. It didn't feel like an incredible Star Wars movie. It felt like a good summer action movie. And I've since totally changed my opinion of that film, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've loved Solo. It's got a lot of rewatch value. Yep. It's on my list of movies that I cannot watch and fall asleep
3: to it's because too exciting. it's too hey, interesting don't and know. action-packed. You don't yeah. we, we'll see, say it, too, Steven. Because you don't want to close your eyes and see Lady Proxima? <laughs> Is that one? <what? laughs> <laughs> What happens? I mean, that's way in the beginning. <laughs> just, well, like, what happens? Right sleep
4: right away.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Gotta go to sleep before the próxima <laughs> <That's> scene. <laughs> that's
1: anyway. That's for the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make Solo 2 happen. Absolutely. Uh, God, it's such a... We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, next thing, though, of course, we are a book podcast, are we not? We'll go around again. Same order, because I miss hearing Wes's luscious tones here. Uh, <laughs> what's the book? And books are a little harder, because rereading takes a lot longer than me watching. It's more of a solo activity. You're not going to, like, sit at a party and read unless you do. Mm-hmm. Pro- awesome. Good for you. Keep doing that, please. Uh, but, Wes, what's a book that has been redeemed in your eyes?
4: The book that has been redeemed in my eyes is Alphabet Squadron. Ooh. So, mm. um, as much of you can attest to, Alphabet Squadron is kind of a challenging read, right? Mm-hmm. It's very sure. technical. It's very detailed in parts, and um, very detailed in parts that maybe that didn't need to be detailed just to add to the story or the plot. Um, but I noticed as I've uh, as I've read the second book and I've got into Victory's Price that all these little details match up, right? So mm-hmm. it's almost like watching a Star Wars movie just one time and then not catching everything, and you go back and you watch, like, oh, I didn't catch that little detail. Hell, I still do that to this day. When we watch the Phantom Menace, Um, co- when did that commentary for uh, Patreon. Mm-hmm. I caught a whole bunch of new things on Phantom Menace that I haven't seen before. But um, getting back to Alfred's Squadron, so um, while I'm reading Victory's Price, all of these little pieces are being... Are falling into place, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I've listened, I've I read the book, and I've listened to the audio book. Um, so I think next time when I go back, because I'll have to listen to the audio book probably at like, I don't know, one quarter speed or one and a quarter speed. Not one quarter speed. That's gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but, you, have, uh, <laughs> you. Have, sorry,
1: you have been dubbed real quick. I wanted you to see in the chat by Andrew uh that you're the big brains of the podcast now, because that's the correct. That's the correct answer, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I'm,
4: I'm sure it was one of y'all's. I appreciate you letting me go first because I grabbed the obvious ones, but it's it's um I like it because it's because now because it is so complex to read mm-hmm. that I'm catching all of those little details and um it makes it more of an enjoyable read when you know that uh, that you paid attention that you actually paid attention,
1: like you studied for the test and you got the <laughs> answer right. You right. Know? Well, that's one of the fun things too about. <laughs> um the like trilogies or any series is that their mm-hmm. future books can absolutely retroactively make earlier books better to be like oh i didn't realize that was in my subconscious because of the first alpha squadron but i get who this i get why this is the, i'm crying why am i crying absolutely. now like yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a great one i love that choice uh wait cory were you next
2: yeah, yeah, I went next. Go. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the obvious one, and I don't feel guilty for taking that, which is uh, Queen's Shadow. I don't feel guilty for taking that one because right, I've not go. read that many. I've not reread. Yeah, that's don't right. Know, it's I what used, I want. That's a good shirt. Uh I've not. I've not reread that many uh, books in general in my life. Like there's, there's probably less than a dozen books that I've, I've, I've reread. Um, and all, all of those books I have reread multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen's Shadow is, funny enough, one of those that we reread for the podcast, and all of our opinions dramatically changed on that right. book. Uh, I've I've never felt so strongly, I think, about disliking a book on first read. And this is like, I think I read it in this early stage of deciding, you know, it, it came out about that time I was really starting to think intentionally about choosing the joy and choosing to like Star Wars and that sort of thing. And that like that's the time in which I read that book. Uh, and I hadn't really clicked yet of why that was a good a life choice sure. in regards to things that you enjoy. And uh I didn't really enjoy it the first time. I thought it felt fan fiction um, I disliked uh like uh, her writing style a good deal. It was very feminine. Um and like I was like, ah, I don't really care about this right now. Um I'm a macho show this <laughs> dude, I guess. Like yeah. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking about like the audio book totally changed that experience for me. Um, that's my biggest thing. And this actually might be a good a, good advice for um, Jackson, who wh- who read Lost Stars, sure. is maybe try the audiobook to see if you enjoy it differently.
1: Oh, uh, I'm so glad you said that, because that was, again, Wes, you had the trilogy making a book better. Uh, Star mm-hmm. Wars, like you say, Corey, audiobooks. The audiobooks can fundamentally change your entire experience uh, because they're so mm-hmm. well-produced. And again, the the author talent, or the the reader talent, excuse me, is so top tier, no matter who they get, whether it be Mark Thompson. <laughs> Um, January Lavoie, Emily Wuzeller, et cetera. But the love and care they put into making these true productions can take something on the page that may not grip you and make it just thrilling. Um, so I'm really glad you mentioned that as well. Uh, Charles, we got two of the big hitters out of the way. What do you got? What are you going to leave yeah. me with?
3: Well, you know, before I say what my pick is going to be, I just I want to point out how ironic it is that we had that experience with Queen Shadow because – What Corey's saying, and in my experience as well, was like, you know, who are these people? Like, everyone's name sounds the same. Like, how much could they really get up to, like, (laughs) before Padme, you know, goes through all this other stuff that we already know she goes through? And you're literally falling (laughs) into the trap. You're, like, that's the point, is, is, you know, they all wanted to sound the same. They wanted to, to seem unassuming, and that's how they were as successful as they are, so the fact that we literally read the book cover to cover the first time, Corey, at least you and me, um, and, and did not realize that we were actually falling for the trap that they were setting is yeah. just hilarious to me. But
1: the name the same is yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like it's yeah, such an intensely right, like, meta series now, and with, and with it is, and the fact yeah. that we went from that to now, like when Queen's Hope got announced, being like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah Batman. like it's it's a, yeah, it's yeah. such a fun turn. Now that you that you said that
4: like my my uh Queen's Queen's peril or is a Queen's shadow shirt that was made by uh by Jose like the the characters on the shirt the shadow, are faded yeah. yeah they're faded into the background <laughs> of the shirt right yeah. so they're kind of oh <laughs> big brain
1: shirt, big brain design. <laughs> big that brain was, that was intentional. <laughs> I was mad at first, but
4: now I'm not. Now, now I'm it's not intentional. Vintage yeah. oh, <laughs> now. <man. laughs>
3: All right. Well, I might surprise y'all with my answer. Uh, initially, it was going to be Queen Shadow, but I, and this was not planned. I did not love Lost Stars on my first pass through it as as much wow. as I do now. Sure. I didn't dislike it. Again, it wasn't something that I really hated, but I was like you know, like a lot of this story, I, I already know, like not a lot of this is new to me. And like, that's kind of why I'm coming to the EU, you know, like, I already know all these major mm-hmm. events happened. And that, that was kind of how mm-hmm. I approached it. And then beyond that, I was like, you know, it's like a, it's Romeo and Juliet. I mean, the story has been told a bunch of times before. And it really was just hearing the discussion from y'all um, and, and really the entire U-T-N-E team about. Why it resonated with them and why it was cool for this reason or that reason, and I reapproached it and it and and I've grown to really love it. I mean, I wholeheartedly support that it's in our our foundational five. Um, I, I would reread it right now. I mean, it, it's just a fantastic book, and I didn't have an mm-hmm. appreciation for it the first time that I read it, at least not like I do now. So again, that gets back to talking these things through. I mean, these roundtables. Uh, that's an yeah. interesting point, actually. I think. Far and away, I'm going to say 90% of the time, at the end of a roundtable, our scores have gone up. uh, There have been very few occasions where they've gone down. Sometimes they don't change, but for the most part, they go up. And it's because you appreciate different aspects about a book that you never would have gotten just from your own point of view. You have to hear from other people as well. And that's what happened with me and Lost Stars
1: yeah
2: God. yeah you know you know, our our roundtable discussions are in very intentionally positive too right we have professional relationships with the authors and the publishers and those types of things and like we we always kind of go well out of our way even if there are like particular things that we super disliked we're more interested in having a healthy joyous conversation than finding the the hardcore criticisms that we really dislike yeah. because that's insulting right. to authors and uh-huh. stuff and we want to have them on our show we don't want them to you know, question whether or not they want to come on our show because we're going to crap on them, right? Yeah. So I think like it's even almost a meta discussion about like choosing to have a positive discussion makes you love a book more, yeah. right? Like it it does or any yeah. anything, right? So
1: well, and it's and it's funny because like that crap that weirdly leads uh, and I want I want I want to have that big discussion around my uh my final pick here as we we hit movies we're gonna hit books. My my pick for a book redemption is kind of weird. It's a little I'm breaking my own rules, but I made up the game, so whatever. You're in my world now. <laughs> uh, mine is the Rise of Skywalker novelization because this redeemed the story of Rise of Skywalker for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because Rise of Skywalker is, is not a film I, I I love a lot. It's 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 a film I had some issues with, but the the plot points of the story that I had issues with in the film, Ray Carson's writing. Fundamentally made different for me in my head. Um, because Corey, you've mentioned a lot of times when we talk about Rise of Skywalker and our issues with it, that if you just look at it as a canon piece of Star Wars, it's just fine. Like, totally. And that's really yeah, what the book does. Like the page about Palpatine's plot about creating the body on Exegol, um, all the stuff mm-hmm. about like the other ships being in the battle, like the little things that she was able to put in redeemed that part of Star Wars that I yeah. really had trouble with and on that note, let's – as as we kind of get into the last part of the show here, I wanted to, to hit that question, right, about why we choose Joy because it is intensely common, way more common than we would ever like to admit to talk about things you hate in Star Wars. It gets the likes. It gets the clicks. Yeah. It, it, will, it will always get that. And before we just throw that to the side and talk about why we love stuff, what why do we think psychologically those will always get – more views will always get more comments mm-hmm. um i, I it. think
2: I think having criticism and being negative, this might be a little controversial um I think being negative about anything is intellectually lazy ooh go on. Like, i think I think that I think it takes much more intentional thought and action to choose to approach something in a new way, hmm. right? I think it's easy just to look at something and be like, oh, yeah, I don't like this for, you know, this is the reason, right? Like, but I think it's more challenging to to try to look at things intellectually. Yeah. I think it's easy just to just yeah. dislike stuff. Ooh, uh,
1: Cheryl makes a good point, too. Anger is easier because you know what else this has been easier yeah. since we were nine years old? The dark side. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the yeah. easy That's path.
3: Right. I, it is. I I have two points it on is. this. One... We it gets all the likes. Being negative gets all the likes for the same reasons that uh traffic slows down when you're going by a car accident. Everyone stops and, and looks. Oh, it's like sure. this fascination with something it, yeah. uh I don't know, with something terrible that's happened. Like you don't want it to happen, but you can't look away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those situations. Mm-hmm. And
1: mm.
3: you know, when it comes to being negative, I, I think the other thing about it is By tearing something down, you're making yourself feel like you're better than that thing. So you're, like, falsely inflating yourself and your own ego. And you say, that's not that cool. Like, I'm cooler than this thing. This thing sucks. And then other people are like, yeah, Yeah, I want to feel like that too. Like, this thing does suck. But, you know, at the end of the day, it it just creates this terrible, terrible cycle. And while, you know, Monday you're talking about why Star Wars sucks on friday someone is talking about why you suck and it's not so fun when you're on the other end of that you know what i mean but yeah. when you create yeah. that negative yeah. culture it's inevitable there is is you know you're going to be touched yeah. by that negativity and you are just by having and holding on to that much negativity you're you're creating just bad situations for yourself and for others yeah yeah
2: i think it yeah i, I think it it kind of creates the um it kind of creates the mentality of, like, you know more than you think you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what the Dunning-Kruger yeah. effect is, right? It's like, have you seen that chart? Yeah. You guys have seen it. It's been really popular in COVID times. Everybody thinks they know everything about COVID, yeah. right? And, like, Dunning-Kruger effect, if you're unfamiliar mm-hmm. with it, it, it says that, like, you learn a little bit of knowledge and you, your confidence goes dramatically up. And there's a, it's, a, it's a curve on a chart. As you learn more knowledge, your confidence dramatically goes down until you reach mastery, and then it starts to go mm-hmm. up again. Um, and I, like medical school was, is that for me, like being intellectually lazy, I see this every single day. Um, like people come to the doctor and they like, yeah, I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine because I'm afraid MRNA will change my DNA. Right. And I'm like, with all my big brain knowledge (laughs) and I've studied the crap out of this, I know that that's literally impossible. Right. So like. But, like it's it takes a lot of energy and effort to explain that concept and that sort of thing so it's easy just to dislike something because you don't understand it yeah. right and in Star Wars I think that's particularly true because like I think that there are very few people that are really well trained in storytelling and literature and like George Lucas was inspired by Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. and like really high level like intellectual thinking about storytelling and stuff and it's easy to be like I don't like that because that's not how Lightspeed works without Without, but it's more, much more challenging to be like, yes, but this is the hero's yes, journey, yes. right? That's a, yeah. that's a much it's so more hard not, well, thought, and It's, and it's
1: right?
3: uh, I was just gonna say it, it's so hard to hear the dude who like basically figured out and created mythic structure saying George Lucas is his greatest student of all time, and there's people out there like on Twitter yeah. like Star Wars sucks, and you're like, bro, yeah, well, I know, it's, yeah. and it's <laughs> interesting because <like, laughs> Cheryl,
1: Cheryl makes another great point that the negativity is is a great. Um, Introduction to mob mentality because, like you say, also Corey, it is it is the it is very easy, right, to get into a group where you you have to strive for intellectualism or you have to strive for to like something like this whole this whole episode is based upon the fact that we did have to put in some work to like these things and the result is Mm -hmm. we got a whole new level of enjoyment but it did it did require effort. Whereas doing one negative thing, you'll be welcomed in immediately. And then you're part of something, which we all yearn for, especially in these times when we're so separate. And a lot of these things start with pain. Like, I didn't like this thing that I thought I loved and I am now hurt. And now someone else recognized my hurt and validated my hurt. I mean, it's Anakin. I'm afraid of losing love. I'm hurt by this pain and then it evolves. Whereas I'm so thankful that we have been able to... Cultivate this community which is honestly driven by all of you that listen and all of you in the comments here all of you on our discord that have now made this like place that is just naturally interested in happiness is naturally interested in re-examining things in order to find the joy to get that extra level of of enjoyment and all this is never to say you can't criticize anything it's never to say you can't like something it's never to say you can't call something out if it's You know, if some stuff is problematic in a certain way, if you feel like something is racist or something is homophobic, like that that's a whole different kind of thing. But we have shown, I think in our own lives, and that's why I wanted to have this episode, that taking the time, like you're saying, Corey, to re-examine intellectually something. To maybe trust that, like you're saying, Charles, Joseph Campbell's greatest student maybe had an idea (laughs) that was pretty good. There is so much... Great stuff to be found, and the high you get from that moment where you're like,
0: oh, "I don't hate
1: Attack of the Clones anymore," is just really <laughs> I cool. Know,
4: yeah.
1: uh,
2: it is.
4: So, kind so of going we, back to your question about, yeah, man. um like, why is it common for people to talk about things they hate in Star Wars? Mm-hmm. It's fun to speculate, right? So, whether oh yeah, sure. you can speculate on how maybe you would do something different, but then there's a line that that can't really be, that shouldn't be crossed, but it gets crossed all the time, right? And That's what people hate, and they're, yeah. and they're and they're assholes, and they start being yeah. even worse about it. They don't. There's a good. There's that fine line between speculation and and talking about the things that they maybe would change, either with a movie, with a book, with a plot line, mm-hmm. um, with a character. But um, mm-hmm. once you cross that line, saying that you hate it or it's stupid, and mm-hmm. you would change it, I mean, let's hear your idea. Let's see how much better your idea yep. is. You know? know, and it it most of the that's time, why, that's why speculation is so uh, dangerous. Yeah. Most of the time, that doesn't. Those, those, uh, those speculating answers, I guess, uh, they don't make any sense. And then, yeah, and we got
1: God, we got some some great freaking quotes in the chat here. I just want to call out uh, our buddies from Pink Milk. Say it's so much easier to stand taller on someone's back than to pull yourself up to a level. So you knock others down to make yourself feel bigger which is absolutely yeah. true. And Aaron Thompson says mm-hmm. in nature, you don't need to remember that the blueberry is delicious, but you do need to remember that the other berry made you feel sick. <laughs> like it's so much <laughs> like easier it. for us to try to harness on the things that we don't like. Cause the natural things that make you yeah. happy. You don't have to remember. They makes you happy. You're just happy. So, yeah. Yeah. um, as I, as, as we kind of get to the, to the end of the show a little bit, I think we would all agree that if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, <clears throat> This next week, this next month, this next year, there's going to be something about Star Wars you don't like, right? Or maybe something you've already read or yeah. seen. <clears throat> Give it a shot. Give it another read. Yeah. Maybe ask a friend that you know likes it why they do. Maybe look up an article about a, a really positive review of something and see if it see if it sticks, you know? Because... You never know. Listen, just if if you, if you
2: if you like watching those clickbaity things on YouTube, find like ten things to love about the Last Jedi. Yeah, right? and watch some of those videos because they're really interesting. It's really and, fun. You know, I know it probably seems you know to a lot of our regular listeners, it probably seems a little bit like we're beating a dead horse here, mm-hmm. right? Because we are always talking about this thing about being positive yeah. in Star Wars. But like, I think I think you have to continuously come back to this like every single time you experience something new in this universe is like it needs to be ingrained in your soul that you're going to behave a certain way when you approach every single star wars world. and
1: it's like a good relationship you know i i I heard one time that when you love someone you fall in love with like a partner a romantic spouse or something like that you don't just fall in love with them and then that's it great i'm in love with them Every morning you got to wake up and you work, choose right. that, no, this is the person I love. This is the person I'm in love with and I'm sharing a life with. And that's the strongest relationships of the people that constantly, consciously choose that. So even if you fight, even if you have disagreements, even if there are certain things that you don't always love about that person, you choose to love them. And you choose that this is your life yeah. and you form that bond. And the same, I would honestly say can be said about Star Wars with all of us. It's that important to a lot of us that this is a partner that will be with us for the rest of our lives. So we here at the Living Force and Uteni, we choose to love Star Wars and God, it's fun and it makes yeah. the rest of it just phenomenal. <clears throat> it does.
2: Like I can say that starting this whole thing with Uteni has certainly made me love all Star Wars much yeah. more. And like, I-, I didn't realize that we all had such diverse opinions about the films. Mm-mm. Like in how. Idea was when they were redeemed and stuff. So that's that's awesome. I think I might go watch The Phantom Manus tonight as I fall asleep. No, kidding. I might throw on Attack of the Clones and
1: wrote Attack of the Clones. Let's be honest. Charles, you stole my answer. But uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> i
4: always it. liked Attack of the Clones, so I don't know what the it's, heck y'all are thinking. I have too, so man. Fun. I have the <laughs> nostalgia that Charles has about
2: Phantom Menace with Attack yeah, of the Clones, so I can't dislike it.
1: Well, on that Dialogue note, though, we, though. Are, we are going to go watch <laughs> things we love. We hope y'all pick up that book you never finished or throw on that that arc of the clone words, you didn't quite click with or whatever it may be. And we always have so much welcome for you here. Jump into discord. Tell us about it. Tweet at us, tell us what you love. Um, and we'll throw that love right back to you. But on that, that'll be it for this week's episode of the living force. If you support us over on Patreon, we just want to say thank you so much. We hope you're enjoying all the content over there. Keep your eyes peeled for our May the fourth announcement. And in the meantime, everyone can head over to discord and take part in the conversation. A special thank you goes out to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddy C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles MD. Charles Zetsi, Hankel. And Wes is at BossWes. A special thank you, as always, to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey Charles and Wes for podcasting with me. Thank you to all of you in the chat for hanging out tonight. And as always, may the force be with you.
0: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, Trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like minded fans at utini.com. And remember the force will be with you always.